0: Hey guys, welcome back to the transfer for another week. We are so excited that you're listening. I'm Jared. This is Pastor Beck, and we are going to take on Abraham today in our cast of characters series. We
1: are. So if we, uh, if you have your Bible, you may want to have a look at Genesis chapter 12. But that is where we are introduced to Father
0: Abraham. Had many sons.
1: But his first name, well, I guess his original name was not Abraham. It was... Abram. Abram. And he will go on and God will change his name. Can you think of any other characters, Jared, that God will go and change their name?
0: Oh, Paul. Saul to Paul. Um, uh, Jacob to Israel. Does that count? Yeah,
1: it does. Absolutely. So changing name was, was a, a, a real... Sign in the scriptures that God was doing something fresh and God was doing something new with the character. And so we have a look in Genesis chapter 12. God will call Abram with this very random, go from your country, leave your father's house, leave what you know with this promise, I'll make you a great nation, I'll bless you. Uh, and then he says, but you're not going to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. So Abraham went not knowing where he was was going that to me when you read that about Abram it says so much about his character that sim- a simple call yeah. that he would uproot his entire life because God had called him what does that say to you
0: it would have been it would have been really tough because like not only not only was he, like, leaving his family, but that means so much more. That would have meant so much more back then because your family was everything. Like, your identity was so much, was so wrapped up in who your family was and there were a lot more kind of family expectations that you had to fulfill. So it would have been really hard. Like, and it's not like he's moving... To a city, like if I went to go, all right, I'm gonna to move to Brisbane. Easy, I'd move to Brisbane. I'd find a house to rent. Yep. it would be relatively simple. But he is being asked to pack up everything and move, and he doesn't even know where. And there's no, well, there are cities he can go to, but it's it's so different.
1: Yeah. So Abram was born in Ur. It's a it was a powerful city in southern Babylonia. Abram's father was Terah. Uh, eventually led the family toward the land of Canaan but he decided to settle in Haran and after Terah's death the Lord called Abram to uh, this is the interesting part he says go to the land that I will show you so it's literally like get up pack out oh and by the way I'm not going to tell you the location straight away but go to the land I will show you and he promises it to Abram's descendants but it should be noted right here that he didn't have any descendants at this point yeah. so okay you don't have any kids right now No. Um, this would be like God saying alright I want you to pick up I want you to leave I'll show you where to go by the way wherever you go is going to be for your kids and you'll be like okay God but right now current state of play I don't have any kids this is not my reality And but we will read the story of Abram, Abram and his journey and realize that God was with Abram uh, and his wife, Sarai, as they went on this journey. They had to travel through Egypt for this journey. Um, any idea, do you remember the story of Abram and Sarai in Egypt?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah, I think it's in Genesis 12, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's a bit of an interesting one. I believe there was a famine, right? And um, when there's a famine, you go to Egypt because they have a big river. And when there's a big river, <laughs> there is food. So they, they go to Egypt, but... Abraham, sorry, Abram. At this point, he he does something a little bit sneaky, um, which he does a few times. Like he he does this a few times, but he goes to Egypt and he, as every husband should, thinks his wife is the most beautiful thing on the planet, <laughs> and um, tells his wife to say that that she is uh, his sister. So because he's worried that if people see how good looking she is, they'll Try and get rid of him for her, but also, if he's the if he's the old if he's the brother, they have to suck up to him, to get her.
1: Yeah, and we're not talking. He's not a, a young guy here. Okay, yeah. when he when God gives him this instruction or this call, he's seventy five years old. Right. His wife is seventy five. She's not some spring chicken. Mm. Um, you know, some beautiful, you know, younger woman. She's seventy five years old. Obviously, still beautiful. Still, you know attractive. I mean, obviously they lo- they didn't die in those days until much mm. later. Abram wouldn't Abraham wouldn't die until he was 175. Mm. We'll find that in Genesis chapter twenty five. So here we have Abraham and Sarai, they get into this thing in Egypt that you just talked about. And then Abram and Lot will separate. Lot had gone with them out of um, out of Haran. Haran. And they will, um yeah, go off together. But then it says, so in chapter 13, it says, So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the Negev. It says, Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first, and there Abram, Abram Called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flock and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot, and they decided to part ways. And Abram suggests that. He says, Look, let there be no strife between you and me, between our herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you separate from me? basically pick where you want to go and lot lifted up his eyes and saw the jordan valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the lord and that's where he chose for himself mm-hmm. so very interesting even that abram abram would give lot choice yeah. of where to go it shows very much the character of who we are who of who abram was i one of my favorite parts or i guess something that sticks out to me is that um Whenever Abram lands in a place, even just for it, he calls on the name of the Lord and he sets up an altar. The significance of setting up an altar—I mean, what do you know about that? Not much.
0: It was—you uh, read—you read them about them all the time in the Bible. It's like they set up an altar. And it's like great. We just—it's not something that we that we do a lot these days. And I like—I can imagine it in my brain. Like I can imagine Abraham building almost like a monument, almost like a or building an altar for God, but the significance of it is kind of lost on me because it's not something that we do. But I imagine like, it was a big deal back then and it was a big deal to him.
1: Yeah, I think whenever you see that they built an altar, it was literally saying, I'm building a place uh, where I meet with God, that I'm setting aside a place, I'm setting aside a time that I will honor God with this piece of land, I'm honoring God with surrender, I'm honoring God with my worship, and I'm literally saying, God, I can't do this without you, and I'm surrendering to you. Whenever you see, I mean, the altar is going to be significant in the life of Abraham. Yeah. So interesting that he has learned, you know, all through his journey to build altars. So when God asks him, we're going to read about in Genesis 22, uh, we're going to read about the sacrifice of his son Isaac when God asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac he had been building altars to the Lord for many years he had been creating a place in his life of surrender and honor and obedience Hmm. to God so when he he I mean interesting that he sets out for this place and the whole point of him being set out for this place was that God would show him. So his eyes were going to have to be attentive. God called him, so his ears were going to have to be attentive. And then his heart would have to be obedient to follow through, and we're going to see that right through. Now, a really big thing happens uh, in Abram's life. Um, In uh, Genesis chapter 15, God will make a covenant with Abram. And it's very, very significant because... uh, they will, um God will give him an instruction to, you know, get a whole bunch of different animals and lay them out and sacrifice.
0: I remember reading that as a kid in the Bible and that was like the weirdest, reading that portion of scripture, it was one of the weirdest things you'd ever read. Yeah, you'd see them, you'd hear about them cutting up these animals and putting putting half the animal over here, half the animal over here. And it was just very, very confusing. Until, like I read somewhere, probably, again, way later than I should have realized this, but it was a normal thing to do back then. And I'm learning more and more that in the Bible, a lot of the strange and weird things that these people are asked to do, they were normal things. Like, God didn't... This wasn't God coming and saying, though he did, um, do this completely strange thing that's completely new. Right. It was... uh, this is how covenants were made covenants were normal things and this is how you did this normal thing you cut up some animals you put them on either side and you both took turns walking through as a sign of agreeing on something
1: yeah even in different parts of the world even today Mm. uh, particularly in third world or in rural third world when agreements are made they're not made with paper and pen and Mm. you know right now if if you know if I make an agreement to buy a car it's done by signing a contract or a covenant is another mm. you know but it's done through signature well um, in the Old Testament and particularly in this part of history and in this location in history covenants were made uh, with blood mm. and all I mean you watch you watch all those old movies and stuff and often you know they're pricking their finger or they're mm. you know slicing their finger and they're joining their blood together as a sign of, mm. you know, they're going to fulfill their word. Like, mm. you know, my word is good kind of thing. And here, this is like God's way of saying to Abram, you know, what I'm saying is going to come true. Mm. The interesting thing here is that God can't make a covenant with Abram. Do you know why? No.
0: When, when... Oh, wait, I think I do know. Okay, go I ahead. think I do know. Because, though I could be wrong, uh, you both had to put something on the line when you made a covenant. Um, like, and, you know, what does God... Like, Abraham can't do anything for God that he can't do for himself. Right. Like, there is nothing God could do and say, hey, you didn't fulfill your part of the covenant, you owe me this, I think.
1: Yeah, it's very small along those lines. God will, in effect, make covenant with himself. Mm. That he will keep his promise to Abram. Yeah,
0: uh, and we'll have a look. I think it says. Yeah, it's crazy, doesn't like because you had in in a part of a covenant, you had the more important person. Yes, and you had the less important person. Right, and God walked through both times. He walked through the most important person to um, most important person in the covenant and the less important person in the covenant. Is that is that right? Is that how I I'm read not, that?
1: I'm not sure if it's less and more, but it's definitely it's the two parties of the covenant. Yeah. So uh, often a covenant was made when someone got married yeah. uh, or a covenant was made over a piece of property or a covenant was made over someone's word and they both would enter into the covenant hmm. according, you're right, to what they brought to the table. Um But it's interesting. So God says to Abram, Go and get, um, make covenant with me. And so he goes and he gets a heifer that was three years old, a female goat, a turtle dove, a young pigeon, and says, And he brought him all these, cut them in half, laid them each out against each other but he did not cut the birds in half but when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses Abram drove them away and then it says verse 12 of chapter 15 as the sun goes down a deep sleep fell on Abram and behold dreadful and great darkness fell upon him then the Lord said to Abram know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years but I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve and afterward they shall come out with great possession as for you you shall go to your fathers in peace you shall be buried in a good old age and they shall come back here in the fourth generation God's making this covenant it mm-hmm. says and when the sun had gone down verse 17 and it was dark behold a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces on that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying to your offspring I give this land from the river of Evie to the great river the river Euphrates and he goes on to describe the land so the only way that he can make a covenant with Abram is on the basis of who he was yeah. Which is uh, so powerful. So, so powerful.
0: And that's like our relationship with God. Like, God meets us where we're at. God, he, we can do nothing for him, but he still comes and meets us where we're at and takes us forward. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a you do this for me, I'll do this for you thing. God wants the best for us.
1: And that's the miracle of salvation is Mm. that I bring my life to surrender to Jesus, but But I cannot get to heaven for the good things that I do. The only way that I can um, come into relationship with Jesus is because of the the sacrifice that he made on my behalf. God makes this covenant with himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's quite amazing. And then the whole, you know, Abram still doesn't have a child. He, you know, he... He goes through this heartache of, and obviously him and Sarah go through this heartache of God. You said, yeah, that we were gonna be parents. Yeah, and that's that-
0: that's the hard thing about the promises, of God. Like you, you feel like God has something for you, or God promises something for you, and you might not see any of it till much later than you. Like you might have these dreams, or you might have these things that you want to accomplish, that you believe God wants you to do, and are good things, but. Sometimes it doesn't come when you want it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And so, briefly, tell me about that story.
0: Okay, so, okay, so the, the thousand foot version. Uh, so, Abraham sees that he has these promises of God for his descendants, um, and Sarah, Sarah, cannot.
1: So his name still hasn't changed
0: yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Abram, sorry. So, But Sarai can't have kids. Right. So what they do as you know, none of us do this. in this. None of us uh, do this. They try and take matters into their own hands. <laughs> and they do something which um, is a little bit kind of normal-ish, then shady for us. Uh, Abraham, Abram has a child through uh, Sarai's slave, uh, Hagar. And they have a child. His name is Ishmael. And then... Um, and then later on, some some strangers come and visit Abraham, and they're like, you're going to have a kid with Sarai. It, because they were getting quite old, it's fair enough to say that they were a little bit shocked. Something happens with the the bodies when they're old. They just won't produce kids anymore, and they were well beyond that. So when they had given up, then God was able yeah, to... can you
1: imagine your grandparents, you know... Yeah. At that age, like having kids, it's just... I mean, who wants to be running around after toddlers when they're they're 80-something years old? And so Sarah laughs. Mm. Like, this is a joke. Like, this is quite funny, God. And God will say to Abraham, why did she laugh? And God will hear our response to, to, you know, Mm. the things that he's promised. So they take things, matters into their own hands. And Abraham now has a son through Hagar the maid and his name is Ishmael Uh, but then uh, um, Sarah will have a son and he will be called Isaac and the two will create what we now know as really the Middle East Mm -hmm. and even today they talk about the conflict in the Middle East that occurred between those two
0: sons like even from a like a secular historical point of view like like Abraham has pretty much changed the world like so Abraham I mean you look
1: at Christianity Judaism and even the Muslim world they all hold Abraham in high esteem he takes a very big part in all of their in yeah. all of their stories.
0: So he's not just a big deal in, like, the Christian, like, in Christianity, but he's a big deal in the world, full stop. Like, those three major religions, like, that's that's a lot of people and that's a lot of, and a lot has come out of those. Um, shall we go into the what happens next? Yes. Ishmael, Ishmael well, then a bit of not-greatness. Uh, Sarai uh, doesn't take too kindly to Hagar and Ishmael and uh, she has them sent away Abraham well Abraham uh, hears from God that that's okay that he will take care of take care of them so they send them away and then probably I reckon the hardest story that that I think I have it's one of the hardest stories I think in the Bible for me um, is that uh, Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son? It's just—it's not nice to think about sometimes. It isn't.
1: And if we look at it through the eyes of the New Testament, it makes it a lot easier to understand. Yeah. Because if we if we can understand that, um, the example of Father Abraham mm-hmm. sacrificing Isaac the son is a picture of yeah jesus being sacrificed on our behalf yeah. then it makes it a lot easier to understand i think one of the things that i find really interesting in this story is that sacrifice in that day was very common yeah we read about today and go oh but it was very very common in this part of the world even in this you know
0: scrappy it is to think about child sacrifice was normal yeah and that that that's awful but what i love out of that is that god is asking abraham to abraham to sacrifice isaac but at the same time he's saying i'm not like those other gods yes i'm not like those other religions that would have you kill kill your child for me i'm i'm something else
1: and it, it's in this instance where isaac and abraham will go on this journey hmm. uh, up mount moriah to you know to build the altar and everything. Isaac is actually not like a young kid. He's not a baby. Yeah. Um, he has the ability to carry the wood. Yeah. He's he's probably um, anywhere between 12 and 20. Mm-hmm. He's an older, you know, around 14, 15 probably is what a lot of scholars say. So he's definitely... Um, an older teenager I mean I've got a teenager I can't imagine what it would be like if I said to him so come I'm going to go I mean interesting that Abraham never said I'm going to sacrifice you Mm. he didn't say that he says we're going to build an altar before the Lord and and when Isaac said, Well, where's the, you know, what are we going to sacrifice? What was Abraham's reply? The Lord will provide. The Zyra. Lord will provide. And it's here on this mountain that the term that we know as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider, is first used. We, you know, we used to sing, you know, these songs like Jehovah Jireh, my provider, and we thought it was to do with money. Mm. But the first provision that God has for us is salvation. And so it's at this point that god would declare i'm your provision and so he goes he lays um isaac on the altar ties him up goes to raise raise his hand and what does he
0: spot oh uh, an angel first of all what,
1: uh, yeah but what is in the thicket a ram stuck in the thicket he, he seems a ram in the thicket and god has provided the sacrifice and when you look at it It was our sin that should tie us Mm -hmm. up. It's our sin that should be sacrificed. And right when the enemy comes, you know, that's Mm -hmm. it. To have a laugh in the corner that, you know, we're about ready to be sacrificed. Jesus sacrifices himself on our behalf um, when it should have been us.
0: It's such a picture of what happened in the New Testament. Such a picture
1: right beautiful I think for me my takeaway from the life of Abraham is that Abraham trusted in God Abraham's faith in God was tested the ultimate test was when he offered up his son Isaac fully expecting that God would provide and I think that really shows the type of character and the type of person that he was I think interesting to me that Abraham he heard the call He answered the call. He was looking for what God was doing and says that, you know, God would show him, which means he had to be looking. He adjusted as he went away. And I think that thought that he was going after all that God had, he didn't fully see it all, but he had it in his heart, sets Abraham apart.
0: 100%. Happy to leave it there? Yeah, happy. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it.
1: So, you can go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 11, or particularly, I think, Genesis 11 to 22, 23. Something around that. Read all about the life of Abraham.
0: All right. Till next week. Thanks, Pastor Beth. Yeah, thanks. Signing off, guys. Have a great week.